and just stand still as everything passes through me and just go. Yeah. Captain's Pod, Star Day 2144-22.3. These are the voyages of the Starships Enterprise. <laughs> and then the theme music stops. Amazing. Welcome aboard the Star- Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave for the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, is the crystalline Ambassador Danae Hughes. She is drunk. I'm a crystalline? No, I'm, I am hyped up on caffeine, uh-huh. though. It's a frantic energy. Uh-huh. The crystalline entity is that snowflake in space. That was the name of the species. Oh, yeah. I'm a snowflake species today? Uh, yeah, I think that... Fuck yeah. So this is, a, this is a, a snowflake that goes planet to planet, destroys the planet, consumes it, eats it, and then fucks off. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that is super on brand. I mean, do I have to eat planets? <laughs> well, yes, or else you, you die. But what about, like, moons? Uh, if there are people on the moons, yeah, but you'd oh, but have to eat a to lot of moons. Sen- there has to be sentient There's got to be organic it. material on there, yeah. Oh. And the more wow. like kind of organic, the better. I don't know what that means. Well, maybe I'm like the special kind of snowflake that's like the vegan version. You are a very special snowflake. There is no denying that. Thank you. But I mean like for like food-wise. Like, <laughs> You're a vegan you know, crystalline like, entity. Mm-hmm, my gut biome is very different than the what? rest of my, my species. Cool. So what do you survive on? Asteroids. Asteroids. Yeah. Ice. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I would love to see the. We need to watch that episode. But I would love to see the big snowflake face off against a ball cube because it's bigger than a ball cube. This this thing is huge. Um. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know that we've definitely not seen them face off against the ball cube so far. I mean, all of my fellow snowflakes judge me, but yes, I, I like to <laughs> just stand in the stream, like in the asteroid field. Mm-hmm. And and just stand still as everything passes through me and just go. Yeah, and everyone yep. just looks at me like you're dumb. <laughs> There's a delicious sentient planet just over there, yes. and I'm like, I have to consume so many more asteroids and mm-hmm. meteors and all this stuff just to survive. Mm-hmm. But it's because secretly I love all of this. Mm-hmm. But you hate asteroids. It's what I, I sacrifice my own diet for their mm-hmm. safety. Just eating rocks all day because you love humans so much. But and then my, my super, super secret uh-huh. is they actually consume other snowflakes. <gasps> Holy shit. That is a great storyline. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, like when they when they go off from the pack and they judge me, mm-hmm. they're like, well, we'll see you later, dumb snowflake, Danae. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, see you later. And then I like zip around the alley of space and then see them in the alley. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm gonna do what needs to be done here. Zap 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 zap. People you wonder. Cannibal snowflake. I need I need one snowflake every millennia to survive. Is that it? That's it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's not gonna make for a great show then if we only see it once. Well, yeah, there are other beings besides humans that find it very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, that watch TV shows <laughs> one season of millennia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So speaking of things that are going on for a millennia, <laughs> let's get into the <laughs> show. Oh my God, we're here to talk about Picard. Yes. <gasps> uh, I am dreading this one. Yeah, me too. Okay. I'm kind of worried. Um, so this week we'll be covering off season two, episode seven of Star Trek Picard, which is called Monsters. Um, Great. Well, my bold prediction <laughs> is that this is going to refer to actual monsters and human emotional monsters as well. So this is and snowflake monsters and snowflake monsters are going to be in the show regardless because Danae is here. Yeah. 
So last week and the week before, and probably the week before that, we've had some struggles. Um, Picard is now in a coma of some sort, Picard's golem body. Everyone is gathered around him. Laris is going to jump into his mind. I hope we spend a lot of time with Agnes and Queen just assimilating people in San Francisco. Um, LA. Yeah, LA. Which would be fun. Any specific predictions, or are we pretty confident this is going to be looking to Picard's past and mm, who knows? If I made a snowflake plush toy... Yaha. <laughs> this is how invested Danae is right now. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it would come with like the little um, tag on it uh-huh. that would talk about where the plush toy comes yes, from. and the more origin plush- story. And, and it would be like, I eat my fellow snowflakes because I care. It's sort of, <laughs> yes. sort of like my mantra. That's your motto. Mm-hmm. Your motto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really want to see this plush toy come to life. It's a very strange one because it's so holy. Um, well, actually, no. Let me. I'll show you a picture of the the crystalline entity, and it will. Because you're saying snowflake, so I have yeah. a very, I have a snowflake in my imagination. Yeah. Is so it, does it not look like an actual snowflake? Kind of. Not really. It's more like a tree. Um, <laughs> That's very different. There you go. Okay. I I am showing Danae the crystalline entity. Wow, that's so... I'm so pretty. You are so pretty. Oh, my God. Look at all you. my branches and shit. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. That and could totally do, like, be a some, plush toy. And then you do, zappy thing. I wonder if I just got a picture of the zappy. Okay, okay, okay. Look how pretty okay. this is. Okay, I check it out, check it out, check it. So, it's one of those that you can hold it at night and you squeeze it and it lights up. Oh, that would be amazing. You know, yes, like that's like a little perfect. glow thing. That's perfect. I mean, but yeah. look at that picture of it just like poking the shield bubble of the Enterprise. <laughs> it's like, get off me. Stop poking my shield. And maybe it comes with smaller ones that I can consume and it, it holds it inside so that whoever gets the plush toy can can experience the poop joy of out? saving. Or poop about. Yeah. yeah, yeah that makes sense. Fine. I was going to say saving other cultures because mine is the vegan crystalline oh, entity. Yes, of course. I eat, I eat my fellow snowflakes because I care. Anyway, yeah, this is all going to be inside the mind of um, Picard. I am scared. I am nervous. I am hoping that I enjoy it. But I'm also like, it looks so traumatizing. The This this flashbacks that mm-hmm. Picard has been having, they look so traumatizing. There's his mother being constantly dragged away and screaming for her, her life. And, you know, so whatever he's, he's put away in his mind is obviously mm-hmm. intense. And I... I don't know that I'm wanting that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe stick to like kind of a more lighthearted Star Trek adventure, but But here we go. Wants to wants here to talk about go. some stuff, so let's see. Who knows? With I, that, I wish I had my crystalline, you know, little plush like plush so I could hold on to it. <laughs> Your little crystalline wooby. <laughs> oh, no. With that, we will see you guys for a full debrief in 10 forward after we have watched episode 7 of Star Trek Picard. Computer too to beam to Picard's brain. Welcome to Ten Forward, the Ten part forward. of the show where part we grab show. a drink from the replicator, replicator. and share our immediate thoughts. thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Important question first, what is your beverage of choice, you chaotic ball of nuisance? Oh, well, ironically, that is the name of my drink. <laughs> oh, a chaotic ball of nuisance? Nice. That's when great. We What's at, in it? When we were at Sin Week, uh-huh. there was a, a drink that they had that was set that was given over, and it was a spherical container that had a special lid that you sort of twisted and popped off. And it it also continued the spherical shape, so the straw just came out of like this mm. curved oh. part of it. And the very very bottom, it was just slightly flat, so you could set it on a surface and it wouldn't roll. And if you pressed up into it, lights would illuminate the drink from mm-hmm. below. 
in different patterns, some of them very, very dangerous. Anyway, that's what I'm drinking. A snugglepuss. In my imagination. Was it called a snugglepuss? Sparklepuss. Sparklepuss. Much mm-hmm. better. Um, I'm having a glass of wed wine. Wed, wed, <laughs> wed wine. wine. <laughs> I'm having a glass of white wine because I enjoy fiction. Okay, so literally, I like that our show went from what we were actually drinking to now what our imaginations need to survive. <laughs> yeah, I need to survive to get through the episodes. <laughs> so, yeah, this week, episode seven, Monsters, we dive into Picard's brain to find out the traumatic past that he has been um, burying Hiding? and building up yeah. walls around. Yeah. Um, ra- ra- I'm doing the intro! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Quick synopsis. Seven and Raffi go on a hunt to find Agnes and Queenie. Uh, <laughs> Rios seduces a woman and a child, essentially, um, <laughs> and Danae's on the floor. Um, yeah, so, Danae, overall thoughts of the episode? First of all, I feel like Rios kidnapped a couple people's episodes. Yes, he did, <laughs> yeah. Non-consensual transporting. Is this the Stardust City rag of season two? Um, it's not quite as ridiculous or fun. <laughs> but it, I guess it's close. I mean, it's pretty wacky doodle. It's pretty wacky doodle. Um, overall impressions. Okay, this episode felt like going to a D and D convention and walking table to table, <laughs> and just listening to the different adventures that are happening were, at different. Because yes. it's like there's there's literally a dungeon. Yeah. Then there's some monsters. And then space. There are mentions of like eight hour spells. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a little bit of space going on. None of it is really linked together at all. And then and then there's also like what's actually happening in our timeline, the good timeline, the one they're trying to save. We still don't know if this is a timeline that's savable or not. We still are not sure. Nope. So yeah, this was a very strange one. I <laughs> didn't like it again. I, and I feel like I'm being so miserable, but No, this was this wasn't this wasn't great. This no. wasn't great. No, it was very. Yeah, it. it I, I, let me. I think I'm. I'm gonna read you a note that I wrote. Go for it. Okay. 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 So we've <laughs> just spent an episode so that Picard could talk to his own mind and realize that his dad wasn't a total asshole and had to lock up his mother for his own good, and that somehow created Picard to be the man that he is that will somehow save worlds. Yep. Is that right? Correct. That's what the episode wants to tell okay. you. Yeah. Okay. And how we got there is very, very interesting. Um, <laughs> I feel like I just watched Stardust City Rack. That's how I feel. I feel mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? <laughs> what did I just see? But the problem is, it's dealing with something super serious. Like, Stardust City Rack wasn't. It was just like a really kind of throwaway, fun, goofy episode. This was meant to be like some really hard-hitting, deep... Here's, here's the origins of Picard. Here is why he is the way he is, why he's clothed off, why he chose a life in space and isolation, and... But it still didn't explain that because it ends that whole series with him getting a key out. So it still didn't actually show us. It showed us maybe the, yeah. uh, the origins of the trauma of his mother being, a little, being cuckoo bananas of some mm-hmm. kind. And I think the idea is that she was paranoid and like took him yeah. to the un like this the dungeon esque parts of mm-hmm. the, the thousand ways to die down there, yeah. indicating that if they go into the the subterranean part of the house, that it's really, really dangerous. And mm-hmm. she wanted to go down there and potentially lose the both of them or or hurt the both of them somehow. But I mean, he was stuck. Yeah. So then dad could find him because of the paper 
Mm-hmm. A pad that he took with him. Yeah. That had a drawing on it that's reflected in the sun thing. It's it's yeah. all so loosely tied together. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's as if they're like, oh, well, maybe because one of them is wearing the color blue, we could we could also just point to a blue wall and that'll make sense yeah, to someone. So it, it's, they're very, very, de- they very deliberately don't name the mental illness or exactly what is wrong with her. And I don't think they will. I think they're going to use it yeah. just as a metaphor for all sure. mental illness, which is for me a little bit icky anyway but yeah it sounds like she took him into the basement because she didn't think that they were safe upstairs mm-hmm. and downstairs in the basement was safer even, even right right i even went to an even darker place where maybe she was going to kill them both well that that is a possible outcome isn't it that the only way that they can both be safe is if they both leave earth but then it's forever right but then like it looks like she runs around the corner he can't move to go chase after her yeah so he feels responsible for her getting in trouble from the father which i understand from a child's perspective that would be a very traumatic thing to watch oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and that from the perspective of an adult you can look back on that and have a different idea yeah but the father figure is also in picard's mind console consoling himself yeah. So there's still like that's a confusing thing to me is even if you go back into that memory and you look at it from a different perspective, it's not like Picard came across some piece of information that helped him understand no. his mother's. Specific, uh-huh. It's it's all from his own imagination, right? So am I missing sounds, something? Uh, the only way I can logic it through is that he has all of these memories and he because uh, it but this isn't how brains work. We don't record everything, but let's say. All that he remembers is that his dad locked away his mother and that was really cruel. But in reality, he does have memories of her being mentally unwell, being unstable, and her, his dad trying to explain that to him. But he suppressed it all because he's got his mum up on this platform of being right. a queen. And it's easier to remember her as the victim rather than the person that was tortured and failed by her own mind and body. And then as a consequence, he vilifies his dad because that's easier and he just holds on to this one perfect parent. Or he let his mother out and they and, well, and she influences my is that, you know, his future of how he saw his father. Yeah, so I think that if I'm making a leap, he lets his mother out, she does something very violent mm-hmm. and that, is and how he, she loses her life. That's maybe, how she dies, perhaps. Maybe Picard himself has to be the one to end well, something. Well, I mean, maybe or... So I don't think that's the kind of trauma you can recover probably from? bury or recover well, from. Well, I mean, it so can I think be. It, you can become well, a captain and launch yourself into space and never well, get close to anybody. Well, I mean, there is that. But I feel like, man, he would remember it. I, don't, I think it's more likely that he blames his father for his mother's death. and But it, it all started with him unlocking the cupboard. So, and that's the trauma that he's burying is that he, him letting his mother free, yeah, resulted in that, but he's blaming it completely on his dad. That's the bit that he's really suppressed and buried. Ooh, it was one where you really had to make a lot of reaches. And then you juxtapose that with the crew losing their minds and doing things that doesn't, it just does not make any sense. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Fuck Um, any butterfly effects. We're just, we're telling people that we're from space or or that we're from the future and we work in space. We're taking them to, like, there's, we're taking them to spaceships. And then, and then we end with Picard being arrested. Listen, I, I don't, I don't know what to think about this show anymore. It's so tricky. It started isn't it? off really, really strong for me, and we're in the shaky ground area. Um, yeah, as you age, 
uh, and you just walk around. Sometimes your body fails you and you're like, wow, I've got a weak ankle. Where did this come from? <laughs> this is when you stabilize before yeah. a break. And I'm like, are we going into a break? Yep. Or, or just are fall we down. going to be, you know, <clears throat> help getting some brace work on our legs a little bit? And I mean, we we started off the episode both being like, yay, we're in space. It's oh, we great. sure did. Like, this is so easy for me. It's like, we're in space. That's great. There's... Yeah, there's a new uniform. Awesome. Like, I don't recognize that uniform. That's cool. When are we? And um, James Callis, who most sci-fi fans will know from Battlestar Galactica, he's an awesome, awesome actor and a really fucked up character in that show. But it's cool to see that crossover of him jumping into Star Trek, even if it's only going to be for this episode. Because um, he's playing Picard's father. He's playing Picard's father, yeah, and therapist, which I, I did like that. I mean, it, it was, was... interesting. It was inter- it's an interesting situation to put Picard in. Um, but it, it's always great to see him on screen. I think he's awesome. But... I really enjoyed the intensity that he brought to this to that mm. scene, like the opening part, you know, yes. where he's... Kind of, but I found the dialogue difficult to follow. Um, and that comes back to my biggest problem is I don't like dream episodes. So everything is metaphor, everything is abstract because that's what dreams are. So there, there, there ends up being so much that you have to pay attention to. Like I'm looking at all of the scenery, all of the mm-hmm. objects, every line of dialogue. And instead of being in the moment, I'm trying to predict what the episode is going to tell me and the clues that they're trying to lay and that just is always the case with dream episodes they just become so frustrating i wanted the subtitles on so that i could maybe read it as well i felt like there were some things that that were being said that were really important that i Mm -hmm. just missed like i either didn't understand the way that it was being enunciated or i was just missing things entirely yeah now i should say that during the opening credits aaron decided to turn his volume up to a thousand on the speakers and make yeah, the entire room song, shake. And both he and Ian, like Aaron is doing the conducting arms yeah. in the sky. Ian is like opened up his soul to receive the sound waves. And I'm like, I would like my eardrums when I'm 80. I would. <laughs> All right, who's flipped roles now, sir? yeah, I love it. There's only one thing that I really pulled out from the dream, and that is the golden orb that was handed to him. And I couldn't help but think that was the Romulan star that exploded. So, because that's going to be the next biggest, there's got to be like the stuff that happened when he was a kid, being assimilated by the Borg, and then losing all of the, the, well, most of the Romulans because he failed in quotation marks. Can we skip ahead for a second? Yes, we can. Romulan. Is yeah. that Laura? I'm so confused. An Who the ancestor. Fuck is this? So it's Laris's great, 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 great grandmother. So the spe- the supervisors that set up these missions pick a person from that race to protect somebody in history or protect a point in time. And usually a Romulan will look after a Romulan, a Vulcan will look after a Vulcan, whatever. But in this case... In uh, this case, because it's fucking convenient to, they pick a Romulan, and it has to be this Romulan, and disguise her and then make her look after Renee. Now, it could be that the supervisors know that eventually in Renee's life, her great-great-great-great-great-grandson, Jean-Luc, will come back and have to protect her, and he will trust this Laris. It could be that they know the whole circle. They see the whole thing. So that's why she looks like she has to be Romulan. Well, I liked my Q idea. Um, I like your Q idea better as well. And it could still be that the supervisors are the Q. Who Ooh. knows? Who knows? Um, and I'm sorry, but if you say, a, if 
you mention a queen with red hair, I'm going to think of Beverly Crusher, and I'll be disappointed when it ends up being Picard's mum. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The transition of his mind into his mind was very interesting. Yeah, the couple of different layers. I feel like what they were going for is that the shot, the I feel like what they were going for is that the child's version of the memory is safer, safer. Yeah, exactly. And so the pictures move and things like that. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I thought we were in a holodeck. You no, know, like I, I thought that yeah. there was a that he was. No, what I mean by that is that he was having a memory of he and his mother playing in a holodeck together. Oh, okay. And this was part okay. of like a pre-programmed adventure uh. where he and the mom would like go on these things and then they'd have to like save each other and that kind of fucked up the kid because it got too real like okay like i watched my mom get dragged away and that happened so many times that it really desensitized me and i mean that's probably more realistic like that that would happen like holodeck psychosis or a break from reality they deal with that in tng where there's a character that has a holodeck addiction um and because holodiction holodeck holodiction um and why wouldn't you like wouldn't you can you? paint yeah. your perfect world like just spend two hours in the real world to i don't know whatever you have to do and then the other 24 just uh, Listen, 22 in the holodeck you're talking to somebody who spent like 12 hours doing like role play games yeah. like i could lose myself inside a video game mm-hmm. so i would imagine be, if it was holo- oh my God, like physically there it's crazy i was disappointed when it was like oh this is actually some kind of a representation of his version of a reality of some yeah. kind yeah and it- then the smoke comes in and then these monsters mm-hmm. come out and I'm wondering, so what is this based on? And I think that's where things get really convoluted and you have to make a lot of assumptions, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, that he is making the situation harder for himself because he's too afraid to go to the door. Yeah. I I, I think uh, you can get there by the end, but when you're in it, I'm like, I'm just wondering what is... And that's my exact problem with Dream episodes is that in the moment it feels convoluted, complicated, but then when you take a step back and look at it all, it's actually really it's it's so simple and i mean you can do dream stuff really really well it is possible but nine times out of ten it's done so quickly it ends up being really simple so i think it's it is as simple as john lucas turned this memory into a fairy tale because it's easier and it's more comfortable it's more abstract to pretend it's a story that his mother told him rather than the reality of what it was yeah and, and his father is the and therapist. And that's another level of his, of his dream is that he's actually doing a psych evaluation. Yeah, and his because his father is the only one that has all of the answers. He's the only one that can say, no, this is what happened, not your fairy tale. I was really bummed that when the re- the reveal came um, for that moment that I was just like, okay, whatever. I, I wanted yeah. it to mean something more. And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe they didn't. So season one was dealing with you know Picard's hubris and um people kind of like bringing him down a notch mm-hmm. and then now in season two it's what's the motivation of Picard where where does his what made him quote-unquote this way yeah the interesting thing is that this way the way that Picard is I enjoy yeah. so I'm not really concerned about digging into it for for anything like no. the with the way that the dad character was the psych evaluation guy and he's digging in and he's wanting Picard to say something. I was like, this is so boring. What, what, what are you, what are you digging for that he has a hard time connecting to people that happens all the fucking time. Like none of this is so to me, Mm -hmm. there hasn't either been enough buildup to this great mystery that's being solved right now, or I'm missing a lot of Picard. 
like as a fan, I don't know why I care this much about figuring out what happened to his mother. Mm -hmm. I think you've absolutely summed it up. The show is asking and answering a question that no fan has asked. I I don't understand why. Many fans. Like, I. There are some characters that are so mysterious, perhaps you do want to know the origins and what made them the way they are. Like Gandalf, maybe. Like, he's a thousand million years old. But the bottom line is, when you do these origin stories, they're never as good as what you made up in your head and what you leave, what you interpret based on the clues that you have. Like, I don't... Like, I am... I'm really happy with how Picard is. They don't set it up in TNG as... Hmm, it's such a mystery why he doesn't like kids. It's just, hey, this is a dude that doesn't like families and has focused on his career. Fine. Right. That's okay. That they can never be, set it up as a drama or a trauma. That can be an okay person. But mm-hmm. what they're trying to do, I fear, and I think it's pretty obvious at this point, is they're saying at the writer's table, we want Picard to have a textbook happy, happy ending where he's in love with someone. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't do that, they say, because all of the history says this. So let's give him a trauma so that to explain to it explain that he can get past why he can get past it so that yeah. when we end Picard he can end in the arms of Laris and the or, fans aren't yeah. going to say mm-hmm. what the fuck that's not how he would go out and the, that's the hardest part for me is like yeah. we don't I don't feel like and I can't speak for all fans mm-hmm. I don't need Picard to be in love and ha- to be happy mm-hmm. like if he if he really has been traumatized and he and he wants to get past it, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But every interaction that I see him have is I'm okay. This is just how I am. Not a big deal. Yeah, he's pretty comfortable. So they're with asking it. us to believe that he is not okay. Mm-hmm. He does need to get past this, and this is going to be a breakthrough. And then when he gets to the dream sequence, you know, and then it's revealed that she's Romulan, and you know, and and then he and then he has this revelation like we need to figure out who Q is before that that seems to me like something that he would have already been able to reach because he's <laughs> yeah. a strategist uh-huh you would think so i don't know i just feel like the, the writers are forcing us into a love story and that's one of my least favorite tropes mm-hmm. and it kind of belittles the picard that we know from tng in the movies because it's saying oh he would have been better if he dealt with this sooner and had been coupled with somebody it's it's presuming that this is a piece of picard that's been missing because it's a piece that every human needs no Perhaps not. Like the only inkling we've had of that was in generations when his family home is burnt down and he loses his um his nephew and brother and realizes, oh shoot, there's no more Picards. And the only obligation he feels is to carry on the family name. So he he says like that pressure was relieved because his nephew Renee would be the next Picard and he could focus on his career. Now because of his choices, he can't further the line. But he kind of comes to peace with that and makes 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 his peace with it I, I genuinely believe that they are forcing something here that doesn't need doesn't need to be explored doesn't need to be developed upon should we make or a, do it in a different way should we make a ridiculous prediction go for based it. on snowflake yes and no no not snowflake based on the fake the the cute the, the cute babies yes that one of the things writers are considering is how to give uh, give life to a new baby picard that can carry on the name Oh, 100%. I think that's it. How, yeah. <laughs> like, we can't we can't say oh, goodbye man. to Picard, so we're going to have to figure out a way, because the Gollum body is young enough, and maybe there's a way oh, that no. he falls in love, and this is... Like, what if it's worse than that? What <laughs> if they retcon, and he has a baby during TNG? So what if they retcon it, and they make him have a child when he's younger, and it retcons TNG? They can't do that, but I can't imagine 90-year-old Picard having a baby. But, I don't know. But, but science... 
But science, science will let it happen. I don't know. It'll be Laris and... A little, oh, test, tube, a little test tube baby. Uh, it's a Picard and a Romulan. They touch fingers yes. and then they... In the middle of the sun, they, and the it makes the a baby with Q around them. I, I, that's got to be the goal, hasn't it? So that this isn't the last Picard that ever Picards, right? They're doing something very specific here, yeah. and they're trying to make sure that by the end they excuse away the things that the fans would have a question about. Maybe. I mean, they didn't bother with Kirk. Like Kirk had a son, and they killed him, and there's no more Kirks unless I mean he has a brother, but. I, they just weren't concerned about it. I don't know. The folks, I just feel like they're focusing on something nobody is asking for. Like, we are happy with our with our captain as he is. If this was an organic, natural, like the inciting incident here is Q. There's no other inciting incident of Picard being unhappy or melancholy. He doesn't mention kids or family or anything in the last season. It's it's just spurted up out of out of the blue. One of the ways I feel that they could really play into this decision that they've made this episode to spend so much time like with this door and the potential of Picard wrestling with whether or not to open a door is to make it make the decision to open a door or close a door really, really relevant in this series. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. like if there's a decision that's about to be made, maybe with Agnes or the future or some yeah. massive decision where he could open it and let something dangerous out Shut but he decides to not to to yeah or open the door to La Serena and vent Agnes into space but even so I don't know that's a reach I feel still. like the motivations needed to come earlier in the season this this episode right here it really should have been placed I think in a different way mm-hmm. um but for for so for so so many reasons cuz this could have all happened with the people at at the table, like one of his own crewmates could have gone into his mind because um, yeah. they could have created some reason to have tech because hey, they could do have whatever a Vulcan they want. crew member and get an actual mind meld going on. I I don't know. It does feel it feels clunky. It feels like they're rushing towards. I think they have a clear vision of what they want from it, but they're getting it into such a backwards way. And the setup of Q fucking with time is so fun. And this is such a not fun outcome. Nothing is happening really with timeline anymore, though. No. Like it, it, they're it's, just ignoring it, it. It's totally this, that that episode where they were in like a future, like an alternate future. I remember thinking, I can't care about this because it's going to be undone. And now we've spent like four episodes. Yeah, I can't care about this because where I don't know, and it's way it's, it's worse. So that means that there's only one episode that I'm really invested in. And it's looking more and more and more like they're only going to go back to it in that last episode. I think so. And I'm yeah. really bothered by that because that's the show I want. That's the show I wanted to have last time was the crew finally together doing yeah. shit in space. And what did they do? They immediately they yeah. send the crew out in different necks of the wood. Mm-hmm. People are arrested. People are separated. How are they beaming back to the ship? Like, we don't know. All this stuff. This, I don't I think understand what's happening. now we can just assume they tap the communicator a certain amount of times and then get beamed back. Or they talk to they talk to the ship and the ship can do it. I will I will say we did we did predict correctly that uh, the girlfriend, Rios's girlfriend, was going to be making an appearance, coming back. And mm-hmm. I predicted that she was going to see some shit she wasn't supposed to see. Yeah. So that's, you know, we're on track there. Rios is going to either take them with him or stay behind one of the two. Um, or, or have to do something like go and, and mind wipe. I just don't understand how everyone is for, forgetting their purpose. It just seems like they're getting really, really distracted and mm-hmm. and not being smart for the sake of the story. And what that does to me is like, well, if they don't, if they don't care, then why do I? Yeah, of course. Yeah, why do I care about this timeline? Um, we'll, we'll wrap up that in this instance. Um, there's a couple. There was one line that 
because I was thinking, well, if there's all of this deep, deep trauma, did Deanna not ever sense it as a Betazoid? Like, did she not get in there? And of course, they had to slip the line in saying that, well, sometimes a Betazoid therapist isn't good enough at all. And even there's too many walls even for them to sense. Like, yeah, they fine, do this whatever. a lot. Um, they did this with the, uh, I was able to, I was, uh, I managed to get the replicators to work for the coffee. Yeah. Or we got into the, lost and found bin and found enough clothing for three adults yeah. to have a the pretty good outfit. The things to explain away is very specific. It's like, okay. I, I mean, I, I wrote it down. How are they all changing clothes? Yeah. I did write that down, so thank you for explaining it to me, but then I have questions. It's so clunky. You're at a hospital. How are people losing that many clothes? Yeah. Like, how, how are many they... people are dying? Pairs of shoes. Yeah. Like, what, it's not lost and, and found. It's. That's uh, weird. It's somebody else's clothing that didn't make it, I guess. Um, there was a couple of cool quotes. So when Picard was going into the dungeon, there was a quote from Best of Both Worlds when he's Locutus. And there was a cute uh, quote from Tapestry, um, the episode that we watched where um, Picard has to choose whether to be the science officer or to die on the table when Q gives him a chance to replay his history. Um, he says, yeah, I'd rather die as the man I was than be whatever this thing is. So it's nice that they put a tapestry nod in there. Because I was like, yeah, that is what you're pulling from. Yeah, there were some good quotes in here. There was actually a quote from the mother when she was oh, I know running what you're out say. of uh -huh. that. And she's like, I am glad to have known you. Mm. If this is all the time that I have with mm. you, I can't remember it verbatim. Because I was like, man, that's a really great yeah. thing to say. And if that's something that she did say to him, or if that's just an amalgamation of his mm. memories of how his mother spoke well, to him, it was still really beautiful. Perhaps that's one of the few cogent moments she had. So maybe she's saying, if this is one of the only moments I have where I'm sane and where I'm in this moment with you, I need you to know no matter what, I love you, even if I'm going to be bonkers in a couple of seconds. Yeah, I want you to understand how deeply I love you no matter how long we have. And it kind of went on mm. from there. One of the ones that I liked from her was, um, you're just like your father. He um, he expresses himself with his hands, with his hands, and not with his mouth. And I was like, oh, that's oh, that's that's deep, and that's that's really harsh. Especially like, if he ends up uh, choking her to death. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's pretty pretty dark. Um, wh while we're talking about quotes, there was you may have heard me and Aaron groan. So when um rios is well when the nurse says are you um was it are you from space and he's like no i'm from chile i work in outer space that is a direct quote from um star trek 4 so when kirk meets somebody uh... she says do you live in space and he says no i only work in space i'm from idaho or iowa no is it that's it i'm from iowa so there's another little star trek 4 nod okay i do want to talk about there are, there are actually two scenes that I did enjoy. And I, I do enjoy that we're still having a little bit of time with Agnes and Queenie. I mean, uh, again, what do we do with, with Raffi and Seven? Let's have them argue about relationships again, drink coffee and exposit about the Borg. Like, that's all they did this episode. Um, yeah, and it, the it, annoying thing is, like, they're going to track down Agnes. Where do they end up at the end of the episode? We need Picard. So the fuck are you doing then? Like, you... You can put two and two together. As soon as you see the Borg programming on the ship, it's a fair assessment that Queen is taking over Agnes, and if she's not on the ship, it means that she's going to try and assimilate some people. That is the point that you need Picard. Like, I don't get why following her trail gave them any more information other than we need to give them something to do this episode. It's like, just cut them out of the show. If you're not going to do something with them, cut them out. 
I don't mind them that much for what need like we need to have some momentum with the Borg stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I think it makes sense that some of the crew are going to go figure out, you know, where they are. Mm. It, it just blows my mind how they choose to get around and choose to separate when they could really be in a lot of places pretty quickly if they were clever about yeah. how to get there. I mean, they're using the transporter. They're transporting items. Mm-hmm. So like pretty willy nilly. Let's with the just zip yeah. over here. Let's zip over there. Let's zip over here. Like it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to to figure things out. Yeah. But then again, they're not spending a lot of time talking about that part in this episode. In this episode, it's more let's have a revelation for Picard. Let's show the audience some of the trauma. Let's give a little bit of backstory there. Let's try to figure out if we can summon a cue. Oh, let's, we'll get on to that in this instance. Let's figure out. Uh, we we need we need them to be separated. We need to create more tension. Mm-hmm. More reason for everybody to be apart. Why is this separation thing attention? It's I'm so bored of it. It's like once again we've been arrested. How many times are they going to get arrested? I was I was so excited if that was going to be a cue. I was I was convinced I was like, it was a cool. cue. This is really cool because she can't sense him for some reason because something is off. Yeah, he's being really clever and casual. She did the fingers. She did the finger yeah, thingy. Yeah, and I thought, oh wow, I, I don't know this actor at all. He's not familiar to me, but I'm really liking what he's doing. He's being kind of like. Yeah, nonchalant. Cocky and, yeah, and then has more like, knowledge than we know. FBI? Are you okay? I don't need okay. the FBI in this. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was interesting. And again, the tension here is not. It's so that just means they're going to spend more time on another episode trying to get everyone back together before the end. Hey, this is episode eight. What do we need to do? We need to get the band back together again so that nine and ten can be the big finale. It's man, it's make exactly your series what you six said. episodes long uh-huh. then. Mm-hmm. This is what I was worried about. Uh, so um I but then again I do love what they're doing with Agnes and th- th- that is the mission I wanted them to have is that the Queen wants to assimilate Earth. This makes everything kind of make sense for what the Queen is doing and her motivations. I just I, I wish we were doing more there. I do too. I, I I wish we were following Agnes because, and but at the same time, I would have a lot of questions about why she doesn't already have a little mini army. But we we now realize that it's because she's trying to come into her power through the use of in, like the endorphins are going to give yeah, her what she she's needs. She's kind of... This is a very inefficient way to assimilate someone, but it's the only way that she has. Yeah. So sh- so we've got like a slow boot up exactly. happening uh-huh. essentially. Yeah. Um, now I I did like. I'm so glad that we brought Guinan back and it does kind of make sense. Like if you want to summon, I mean, is it that he wanted to summon Q or AQ? I think AQ. If he wants to summon Q, then he can just say, hey, Q, come here because he's always listening. But, and he he would, well, uh, yeah, I guess so. But I guess summoning AQ makes more sense because it's like, look, can you just like give us a hand here? Like we kind of need to find out why Q is going so bonkers. Um, but it seems like Picard's figured it out. It seems like he knows what Q's motivation is, and now he wants to confront him and say, I'm listening. If you want to talk, buddy, then let's talk. Because it sounds like Q's motivation has been not necessarily to dig into Picard, but to have Picard is one of the few people that will be able to see him for the being that he is. Sure. I mean, just get oh, okay. a therapist, Q, apparently. I don't know. Um, uh, it sucks that I I have... I have started to untether my my last fucks for the show yes. it's sad um it's the a shame. only reason that i'm in at this point is to see what's going to happen with borg queen that's it yeah that's all i'm in 100%, 100%. for 100 which sucks to say of course no i totally agree um yeah another meandery weird episode we are getting some answers but it's just not a fun journey to get to them i guess um 
Anything else before we move on? Yeah, d- are we are we under the impression that there's nothing more to do with Renee? <laughs> no. Well, that'll come back. Like you think so? She said that everything's fine, but no, th- Cause, cause we'll she, she get says, some confirmation. You saved Renee. You did. Yeah. It. You saved her, and like, and she what? seems fine. No, I think we'll get more confirmation on that definitely. Um, but on that point, I did the power the the Q losing Q's plan to be a therapist makes more sense because his original plan was to just snap her away. Because at the end of that episode, she's reading a book. He does his speech, clicks his fingers. Mm. That click was to vanish Renee or to mentally just tell her, you're not going to go on this mission or whatever the mission is. He was then kind of messing with her. Exactly. Then that's how he was going to change the timeline. But then he has to go the convoluted therapy route because he doesn't have all of his powers. Just a realization I had. Interesting. So then in your mind, it's confirmed and pretty confident that he's what he's messing with or whether it's the timeline thing that needs to change or Mm -hmm. a red herring is to get her to not go on the europa mission it could still be the other thing because whatever he was snapping his fingers for can they stop creating more things for us to fucking keep track of and just do one or two things really really fucking well that sums it up i feel like i'm getting fucked with it yeah (laughs) well with that before um, I don't know before the ambassador hits the self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Let's head to engineering for this instance. It's futile. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, and it's becoming quite apparent Star Trek is well within that as well. Um, I want to zero in on the Q summoning moment thing. That's a huge one for me. I, and it's probably not for the reason that you expect. I love that we got a tiny little sliver of backstory and exposition into Guinan's race, the Elorians, and their relationship with the Q. It didn't have to be this big origin story. I mean, it's ironic. It's one of those things I am interested in finding the origins of, but it was enough that there was fighting and they eventually agreed, we need a truce. This is a waste of our time. And I quite like the idea that that, like was captured in a bottle and this is how if there it's the red phone line if we ever need to talk to each other again this is how we do it i take issue with the fact that guinan says you want me to summon a queue i think that's beyond my powers oh other than this exact thing that i have to do this exact thing that works every single time no it's not beyond your powers then is it and does every elorian have one of these bottles or is it very lucky that Guinan was the only Elorian that was trusted with the only conduit to the queue? Like, I, like Picard makes a fucking leap here that shouldn't pay off and does. It's really, really it does sloppy. It does and it doesn't. And then, of course, the thing that works every single time doesn't work this time. I'm going to say the fact that she didn't burp. Well, after she drank it? I mean, she did. Did you not hear it? It was like, it shattered bottles. No, she was like... Oh, you think that was the burp? <laughs> yeah, I thought it, she was scream. just making like a scream. Yeah, it was, but it could have well been like the most almighty burp. It ca- <laughs> it like, kinda... We haven't done it yet. I was just burping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we summon Q. Uh, <laughs> like, holy shit. Right, like that was just the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like... <laughs> There's like four more steps yet. And then all she takes out like a little like a little phone and she's like, hey, it's me. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. So... <laughs> I just had it, to like speed dial. We needed something humorous there. And what I wanted was in the yes. silence when she went, <clears throat> and then just like a little like uh, you know, uh, that would have been really really fun yeah. so I, I'm, I'm sending that that was the, the lack of a perfect burp. moment for a oh, I love it for something no, um, cool. I would do something on this one where I would have a little bit of fun at the beginning and I would say I would send that we're not actually in space 
So I would I would be like, okay, you finally get me back in space and you take it away from me. Like that's how I would I would kind of play around oh, with this okay. in there. Yeah. Because I really loved <laughs> this open in space. It made me that's so it. happy. We're looking at the sun. We zoom or are we like, you know, mm-hmm. pull back and we're we know we're in a space vessel Yay! of some kind. And I'm like, ah. It's why I always have hesitation about these time travel episodes. I just it's a long time to set your sci-fi show in a place that isn't very sci-fi. Mm-hmm. As many gadgets as you put in, what I want to see is spaceships. Um, uh, my big groan was Seven and Raffi saying, yeah, no, we're the main event. Rios and Agnes yeah. are just a side story. I was like, <sighs> guys, guys, like somebody needs to put some reins on the writers because they're going a bit wild. Uh, I don't know, did you like that nod or was it groany as well? I, I groaned. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was an attempt at humor. <laughs> The most damning like assessment of a of a joke. I think that was an attempt at humor. <laughs> what else have you got? One of my biggest sins in this is that Rafi and Seven, Rios and two humans, one being a child, all beam back to the ship mm-hmm. where in the back is the carcass of a Borg queen just hanging on the wall. <laughs> it's still chilling out. And then kids just like, slowly rotting. I'm, I'm gonna go touch everything. Oh no, don't touch the corpse. I, or Elnor. No, Seven and <laughs> Seven and you know uh, and Rafi. Like maybe, maybe that's not a big deal because this is just like a they know that she's there. But for Rios to bring civilians trying to look like the good guy, by the way. Yeah, oh, they're just trying to like show off how big his dick is. Is what he's doing. He's look like, at my spaceship. Look at my spaceship. Uh, so you just kidnap somebody. You know that you don't get consent for that. There's no way someone can consent to being beamed. To being beamed because they won't they, believe you. They wouldn't you. even understand yeah. it. So whatever conversation happened, there's no fucking way that that mom would be like, "Yes, take me and my son, uh-huh. whom she's obviously very protective of." Let's vaporize us. Let's just get out of here. You know that. You know that thing that appeared in my hand. Uh-huh. Same thing's gonna happen to us, but we're gonna appear in a spaceship. She'd be like, get the fuck away from me. She'd grab her kid and she'd get out of there. Yeah. So they get there, right? She's still just casually holding her coffee. Kid runs off. He should be screaming oh bloody murder because there's a half torso. Like there's a there is a there's a dead thing on the wall. It could have been really funny if like he ran off and said, I'm gonna touch everything, and Rios goes, Yeah, cool. Oh, oh wait, fuck the queen. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, kid, Someone come back please here. remember that she's there. Just remember she's hanging there, unless they've cleaned her up, which I don't know. I feel no. like you just like no, she's vaporizer. just hanging out there. Yeah, beam her into sp- no, you can't beam her into space can't, because can't. you can't leave that in the past. In yeah, in the past. Um, speaking of the nurse, my good golly, how about I'm going to give you this bit of technology from 500 years in the future, and I'm going to trust you to use it exactly. And guess what? You will. Because there's a big button on the back. Press the big button. And if it's that easy to use, why didn't Rios use That's it? That's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> it's so dumb. Is it because she didn't trust him to approach the patient? That was one of the things I was wondering. Is she was kind bullshit. of guarding the it's patient. Bu- but If he knows what the thing is, he knows better than her how to use it. Like Just because she is a doctor. like I could give a... Um, what could I give? I could give an intubator. Like one of them... Those, metal things that you open up the throat to get the tube down i could give that to somebody from the year 900 and just because they're a doctor it doesn't mean they're not going to shove it up my ass instead of in my throat like there is no way to know what that thing does yeah yeah and then they had the conversation and she's like so it's a uh, this part of the brain and it's a this it's a dopamine it's a whatever whatever and and I was just like, just name different parts of the brain. Just put it on his fucking head and let's go. (laughs) Let's go. I don't know. It's dumb, 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 dumb. Um, 
probably the most sinful line in the whole episode, was Rios saying, I have to explain this to you in a way that doesn't break time. Welcome to my spaceship. And then fuck it up. So annoying. Why care? Like, the choices that people are making are baffling. It's so baffling. Um, I would also want to send the part, like, so it's during the, uh, I think it's the psychiatrist, kind of the psych evaluation part. And the dad character is saying that that Picard is untethered in the ways of the heart. And Picard said, well, what's the relevance to this? (laughs) Which is my, you know, exactly. And then the dad figure says something like, uh, why is it so difficult to let people in? And I'm watching this character fuck with Picard. So it's just, it's mind blowing to me that we have a Picard character who knows that being guarded is how you survive. And the show is wanting to tell us that you have to crack open your heart and let dangerous people in. So I would want to try to figure out a way to sin the that ideas. And I think I think maybe the response the sin would just be maybe because everyone is dangerous. Like if, if the the question is why is it difficult to let people in, the answer is because people are dangerous people, and you shouldn't just let anyone in. You shouldn't. The biggest problem here is that this is Picard's brain talking to, to himself. His own brain. Yeah, it, it, with none of it no really matters. External, <laughs> like exactly with no external fact the only reason this conversation is happening is because he's in a coma like laris hasn't done anything like laris is in there but the thing she's doing isn't digging for clues it isn't she doesn't dig him out he does all of this on his own so why is this happening now as opposed to 30 years ago 20 years ago it's it's so contrived and i'm sorry that we keep shitting on this (sighs) show but i wish it was better you guys i want to like it so much i want to love I loved watching Picard, uh, well, Sir Patrick Stewart, you know, like with these acting scenes. I feel like they gave him something mm-hmm. to do this time with like passion yes. yeah. and anger and frustration and not trusting his own mind and knowing he was being fucked with somehow. He was fucking with himself. But just this like something is happening here and Sir Patrick Stewart is acting it mm-hmm. and he's doing what. He's doing the service to what he's been given. It's what like, I'm sending is what he's been given. Exactly. And how we, I'm more saying how we get there and how we got there as well in the situation he's in. The beauty of TNG is, I'll say it over and over and over again, you were being preached at without realizing you were being preached at. You were, you could easily write off the episodes as, oh, this is a fun bit of camp space adventure, but the messages and the speeches were fantastic and it tricked you into being a better person. This isn't doing that. This is, we want to focus everything around the Picard speech and the mm-hmm. the emotional breakthrough we want to get to. Oh, I guess we need some fun stuff as well. Instead of making that your starting point. It's, it's, it's missing the message. It's gar rumble rumble rumble. It's a gar rumble rumble it's a rumble. rumble rumble. Do you have one at the ready? I've got another one ready to go. Go for it. Uh, there was a kid would be excellent at TV sins moment <laughs> when the mom, I actually really enjoyed this one, when the mom is like, okay, honey, I'm about to say some bad words. And then she it's shuts so his helmet and then she turns around and she's giving it to Rios, <laughs> but she only says like one or like. Yeah, a, it's like damn or she something. She says goddamn. Yeah. And he's like, mom, you didn't even say the good ones. <laughs> and I'm like, I, my sin would be, kid would be excellent at TV sins because yes. she really didn't. I was expecting her to like come on Absolutely go to town on him. I yeah. do really like her character. I love and her. And I love she's how great. she's playing the character. Yes. And I love Rios's character. I do. I just don't like how they're putting the characters together and making them Exactly. Talk. <laughs> I love her sass. I love Yeah, the, she's great. Stop coming towards me like you're a serial killer. Yeah, so it's good. Like, you absolutely, that's what you're uh-huh. doing. Yep. Um, my Well, my final nitpick I'll end on is, and I love Rios, but 
this line broke me when he says to her, like, um, sorry, she says, who are you? And she, who, he says, who do you want me to be? I'll change everything to be with you. Ha 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 What? It's like, I'll be a good guy if you want me to be a good guy. The power of boners, man. So strong with somebody you should not even be talking to, let alone seducing. It's just, what uh, is is he is Rios Captain Kirk and just a bit of a ladies man, or is he this more emotional, empathetic, passionate person that we know? And I know yes, you can be both, but there is some of his some of his boner is just really getting in the way of who I feel like he is. It's so strange. And maybe I'm being influenced by the books that I've read, sure. which no, characterize no, no, no. him a little bit differently. They're reducing but... this character into somebody yes. who loses part of his personality because he thinks that he might get laid or yeah. be, or have a genuine connection. That could actually be happening, well, but he should also first. know better yeah. than to be talking to somebody from a completely different century than him in the past that could really fuck with some stuff because everything matters when you're just messing with the, the, yes. he's not here to get laid he's not here to fall in love no. and maybe this is part of a story blah 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 we'll see <sighs> we'll see we'll see but they may as well just throw it out the window unless they know that this is how history plays out they're, they're, uh, the or, <sighs> or what if they're doing something really interesting here where they're showing how rios is also building something into his mind that becomes something later like if the show is gonna so so picard has has got this stuff in his mind that's hurting himself from his past. Mm -hmm. And and we're looking at Picard trying to unpack some of his trauma. Mm -hmm. We'll put that front and center with Rios's as well. Give another person, another character, that yeah. same kind of moment of going, look at this person who obviously has some weird shit going on because he's willing to say, I will break myself down and make myself into someone new so you yes. like me. And that is a huge problem. That's a huge problem. That's something that's a, that's worth digging big, into as well. If you hear someone say that in your life, it's not like, oh my God. It's not that's as flattering really as you powerful. think it is. Thank you for being willing to become my not drone. Not be you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? Be so everything other than yourself. If Rios has this in his mind somewhere, my curiosity goes to, okay, is that because he doesn't want to lose someone because he lost his captain? Mm -hmm. And I can actually trace back some of his trauma because the show has shown it to me. Yes. Whereas with Picard, they really haven't done that no, yet. They so they're trying to just no. kind of lore dump mm -hmm. for us, which is could be really neat if they maybe peppered it throughout the whole series somehow, mm -hmm. kind of like sprinkled it in. But they're well, just they're like, trying to with the flashbacks, but they're but so vague. Enough. It's not that's enough. That's not enough. It's a curiosity dip, but it's not enough when you have all this other stuff going on. We've got a timeline thing happening. We've got love stories going on. We've got a board queen on the loose. We've got all these different things happening. So we can't really focus on what they're wanting us to focus on. But like here, Ria says this line and to me it's like, oh, buddy, you got your own stuff that you're going to, because you don't, that's not a good thing to say. That's and what's worrying is that what if the writers aren't thinking about that? What if that was just a throwaway line and it isn't a glimpse into Rios' trauma? Is. And it, it likely, likely is. is that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I hope that in the future, when they're pulling back some footage and they're creating another story and they wink and nod to something that was said, that they look at that and they're like, this is actually a moment we can use because that is a juicy bit of yeah. peeking into someone's psyche. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it's not pretty, but it's yeah, interesting it's something because exists. he's doing yeah. dumb shit. He is taking oh, his the woman figure back to his yeah. his ship. So I anyway. hope Picard and Laris and everyone tear him a new asshole. I do too. They he should to. be in big fucking trouble. Yes. Um, I don't know. I would also sin um, when they get back. When I'm sorry. When uh, Rafi and Seven are back, and Rafi sets down the coffee mug, and she's like, 
at least the replicators work. My first thing I wrote down was, and you trust what the Borg ship is serving you right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> at that point, she doesn't know it's the Borg ship. Are you sure? Yeah. it's she Cause, makes... No, because they've been locked out. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Because she just cracked the code. They've been locked out already, yeah. and she knew it was Borg tech. Oh, she knew it was a Borg code. So it's yes. like, okay, I wouldn't trust anything that <laughs> this ship is doing. You're drinking a ton of fucking nanoparticles. <laughs> <probes. laughs> Man, if that does end up being true, just like, yeah, you're trying to stop me, but sucks to be you. I'm already assimilating you. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe that is Wouldn't what happens. Cool? You should have said that in predictions. Well, we'll just say that that's going yeah, in the predictions. That'll be a big prediction. I love it. That's I really cool. I would also cool. send the shit out of that filtery thing, like the drunk filter that we had going on through a lot of the episode. Just even just one little casual, like this annoying shaky filter and then just move on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, also, let's leave some evidence of La Serena in this clinic. <laughs> like, Rios is drawing of it. Like, let's just leave some fucking schematics on the ground. It's like a cave drawing. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's made of chalk, so it's going to disappear. It's going to disappear. Unless yeah. someone laminates that wall. And, and then it. in the future, they come back and it's like, <laughs> yeah. shows him. Man. Um, we didn't talk about how this episode ends with, you know, the FBI showing footage. And we actually send the Picard teleported in the middle of the day in the middle of the street we did yes so now here the show is saying we know and we're sending it ourselves mm -hmm. so if if we were doing the show and we were sending the show and that happened as we were live sending which mm. you know does happen sometimes when yeah, we're watching a series absolutely. where the show answers a question that we've already sent yeah my instinct is to go and find another way to send that which would be so why does the fbi have time to be scanning these things like what is it did do? somebody report it like does it because most of these things aren't they're only used if there's been a crime it's not like they're being watched 24 right. 7 it's just like days and days and days yeah. later we have i mean maybe we're gonna a find a lot out. of resources for what well maybe we find out that a few strange occurrences have been reported mm -hmm. and then they start tracing the footsteps of these people if they don't have footage of that bridge when laris takes picard in that like open door thing do you remember oh shoot yes they, that needs oh to be God, on here too bridge. yeah um and maybe it's the, the the big car chase maybe they're following a trail from the car chase where Raffi that and Seven disappeared. It, that's got to be linked to it, hasn't it? It has to be. Um, I mean, yeah. At this point, you may as well just use transporters whenever you want. Because oh, yeah, it doesn't you've, matter. You've left you all of the evidence up. now. Yeah. It's, man, this has got some of the worst don't interact with the timeline interactions I've ever Unless seen. Unless they have an explanation for it. There's one little sliver of hope that because they're bringing back this little transporter bit that maybe they're paying enough attention and they have a plan. Who? The writers. Oh, the writers, I'm sure they do. Like, But the problem is, the characters don't. Like, The characters clearly do not have a plan for how to not interact with the 20, 21st century. No, this is all going and away. That's, that's, this is that's all going dumb. away. Yeah. So That's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, with that, let's head to the final stop, which is the captain's ready room. And also, for the fans that are wondering why we transport everywhere, ourselves, inside the ship... We can. We can. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our cue-like glory if anything we've predicted has previously come true. Now, last week I forgot to mention that I did have a big prediction come true that I made in the intro, which was... Uh, yeah, yeah, you predicted that um, Agnes was going to be uh, gone by the Borg Queen. And she was. She oh, was assimilated. Yes. Yeah, that she was actually assimilated and mm -hmm. going to start assimilating Earth. Like, I'm getting these predictions on fire. On fire. Oh, I, don't really, I don't really have a ton. I have one one kind of inkling in my mind that um, 
maybe Borg Queen, if she does start assimilating, because if they're going to just undo the timeline here, then mm-hmm. nothing that happens is going to matter. So yeah, she can like, start let's, assimilating. Let's see some assimil- assimilation go down, right? Yeah. So Picard is like stuck in the um like the federal offices and she finds him and assimilates people and frees and like, mm-hmm. so it could be the board queen like saves picard somehow yeah i'm really interested to see what they're gonna do so i predict that escape is gonna go something like this <laughs> is oh, no. let's beam them out which is the correct thing to do uh-huh. picard will say no we can't risk it it's too dangerous which is bullshit because they already, already know transporter beams are mm-hmm. there but they still won't be able to do that um q not q yeah, Agnes will... There'll be some distraction with Agnes causing chaos and that's how they're able to escape. And none of it will eventually matter because the timeline's going to be reset. I think that's matter. how that goes. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just frustrated that they're captured again. Just let them be free, for crying out loud. Um, with Q, I predict that um, they couldn't summon Q because there are no Q. Ever? Um, no, I think that the Q... Something has happened to the Q continuum where it is broken and maybe... Q is the last of the Q, so maybe he's witnessed their destruction, and that's what's pushed him over the edge, and in his hour of desperation, he reaches out to the one person that he's kind of interacted with the most, which is Picard. So um, you think our Q is the last Q? I think our Q is the last Q. Wow. Um, and because he's now lost his powers, because the Q continuum is gone, that's why Guinan couldn't summon him as well, because he's now more mortal than he is Q. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm going to really go out We're on a so limb, fucked. if I'm really going to go out on a limb, perhaps it's because Agnes and Queenie assimilate Earth in the past, which gives the Borg a foothold in the Alpha Quadrant way earlier than they should have done, which allows them to assimilate everybody and eventually overpower the Q. So maybe the Borg killed the Q because of this time meddling in the past. So Holy it all comes shit. back to Q and Agnes. I hope where i would take it because i think that's fucking badass it is fucking badass we should write we should write for the series <laughs> i'm still missing that upbeat like when things end on a really dour note oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. really upbeat note uh-huh. i can't wait to watch best of both worlds with you and you'll you will <laughs> cackle at the sudden um that's my big predictions for how kind of seven eight um sorry eight nine and ten are gonna go we will see. We will see. Uh, we don't have very many episodes left of Picard. And honestly, I am relieved. Ditto. I'm, Which my, sucks my most, to say. My most disappointing prediction was that in episode four, yeah. I said that four, five, and six, six, and seven are going to be like this. And then eight, nine, and ten will be your big ones. And that's all but confirmed now. Unless, I mean, even if eight, nine, and ten are great, it's the last three. And the last three are always your big woos. Um, so, yeah, really odd really odd directions really odd decisions being made there's still lots to pull from i'd be interested to know what it's like to watch it back to back and see if it holds up as a 10 hour thing any better but as a weekly show it is frustrating as balls and tropey as hell i'm so sorry I'm, it's okay it, I'm it's sorry it started off too strong i knew it was too good to be true it's it was too much of a great start um so we should just start writing our own episodes to make us feel better I think we have an audience for that. Starting yeah. with the space baby in the middle of the sun. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the snowflake. Nice. Eating <laughs> asteroids. Eating ass. Asteroids. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Suddenly everything went wrong. I have all of the regrets. People are going to love our Star Trek. Heck yeah, yeah, they are. Well, with that, thanks for listening, everyone. It's So Say We All from me. 
What's that? So that is the salute from Battlestar Galactica. Um, whenever there was like like the end of a speech, the uh, General Adama were, or Admiral Adama, I can't remember, would say, so say we all. And then the crowd would chant back, so say we all. And that's where Picard's dad, that actor, is from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, wow. I was just going to cast like major image to change my ears. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, <for me. laughs> and it's major image from Danae. We'll see you next week for episode eight. And as always, live long and podsper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. <coughs> Hoo-ha. Hello. 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 Yeah, you're working. Yeah, good. you're working. Bloody good. hell. Bloody hell. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh god. Oh, my giddy arm. Oh, giddy arm. <laughs> what? 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 I'm trying to work out which part of the country you're from, but I can't work out which part of the country you're from. Cool, blimey, God! Cool, blimey, God! You're definitely from you're London definitely somewhere. From London somewhere. You got a bit of Amy Winehouse in you. Winehouse in you. <laughs> I love this accent so much. <laughs> Do the whole episode like that. All right. Uh, all right. Suddenly, I'm very shy. Oh, <laughs> you got a little bit of a Adele, maybe. What is it? <laughs> it's really good. It is. It's all, we have you would a, tell me. Well, you I would tell me if it was bad. Yeah, we have a special guest this week. This is Deirdre. Um, I'm Deirdre. <laughs> yep, her, her voice may fluctuate. She's quite had, a lot actually. She's been has... drinking since four a.m. I don't know how to keep it up though. I have to cover my well, eyes so you can't see me. That's helpful. Well, now you've gone pretty posh. Actually, you've shifted a bit. God damn it! <laughs> you actually look like a Star Trek alien now. <laughs> Danae has put her hat, her lovely beanie hat, over her glasses. Yeah. So the frames of her glasses are like poking out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she looks... you can see the outline of my glasses. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I thought my posh accent was this one. That's the really posh one. Yeah. So there's really posh. Yeah. And there's slightly posh. Oh yeah. So this one is like really like kind of upper class Kate Middleton kind of style. The other posh was like my nan posh. <laughs> <laughs> Understood the difference at all. Well, my nan thought she was posh and she wasn't. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, um, as it's become kind of like the the tradition in the the outtakes, we're going to do a fan prediction. Um, so this is JCD, um, who we don't really like very much. We don't really like JCD. He's a bit of a nuisance. He's a bit of a no. no we love Speak JCD. For <laughs> it's just me that has a problem you're with just, JCD. You're just encouraging him. <laughs> yes. Um, so JCD hangs out um, pretty much everywhere on cinema scene stuff, but but this one came from Discord. So if you want to talk. Trek spoilers and everything kind of cinema sinsy, but specifically Captain's Pod, go to cinema sins or go to Discord and then do the cinema sins things and we'll stick a link in the description. JCD's prediction is that Laris is a Q. So you thought that Laris is our Q, but maybe she's one of the different Q. Oh, because the Q is a species. A Q is you know, the species, but I, they're all called Q, which is so confusing. I always forget that. I mm-hmm. I think Q is his name. It is. And his species. Yes. And also anyone else's species and name, if they are Q. Yes. Okay, got it. That, <laughs> uh-huh. that clears uh-huh. it up and muddies it up all at the same time. So this is, the, I mean, this kind of links in, I mean, I like that prediction. I, I think too. that makes sense because yeah. it would make sense. As the, to why she's in his timeline as well. And muted his powers as well. Uh-huh. So maybe she's lying to everybody saying, well, Q, Q, who's Q? What's this? And like, I am Q. <laughs> That's going to lead us into describe an episode 
of Star Trek. This takes place during Voyager, Star Trek Voyager. Um, Captain Janeway has a first officer called Chakotay, who is a Native American. And Q comes to the ship and decides that he needs help to rejuvenate the Q continuum. And he picks Chakotay to be the template for a new Q. Um, Chakotay doesn't like this because he's a very modest man. He's very, very quiet. Um, Janeway is offended that she wasn't picked, but tries to hide it. And Q manages to dig it out of her. Um, Eventually, it turns out that in order to make Q babies, it has to happen inside a sun on the edge of going supernova. So they fly Voyager into the sun with a special Q shield. Q touches fingers with Janeway and it makes a Q baby. You are one of the things I genuinely wish that the podcast people could see <laughs> is that when Ian gets excited about anything, he wiggles. Uh, yeah. He wiggles like a little kid who has to pee. It's just like he just can't help him's body. He's just like, <laughs> I just said something. So you have these tells, you have these giveaways. Okay, okay. And okay. this is absolutely true. This is an absolute episode. This is not an episode. <gasps> I made it up. You were such yes, a dick. I did it. I finally got her. I shouldn't have told you how to get me last time because when we did this at the live show, it's like you're gonna have to be more convincing than yeah. that. And you did it. It was a great hustle. Great, great hustle. This That's, is the round wow. where I would have bet all of the money because I've given you my tails and then I use my tails to misdirect you're you. Such a dick. You even wiggled. I did. I wiggled. So on excited. purpose. Yeah, I was like wiggling, oh like, God, and then I are... kind of like stuttered a little bit. I thought, "Don't play poker with me, lady." You know, I feel like it's at this moment that I should <laughs> not be surprised because you were also a dungeon master, oh, so you yeah. have to have the ability to like fake a whole bunch uh-huh, of stuff—a ridiculous story. Because I'm right now planning a one shot, and I'm already like getting like the secrets are, that I'm kind of building and, uh-huh. and the stuff that could all happen. And I'm like, man, if I don't, if I'm not careful, I'm going to give it away at these particular points. So I have to make sure that I'm ready to like lie my face off mm-hmm. and hear your, show me the perfect way to do it. Poker face. So I am I have one win and one loss. You do have one win, one loss. Um, now, I it was, my launching point was an actual episode and what actually happens, it wasn't <gasps> miles off. Wait, oh, oh. What? Should I tell you? No? What? Do they have to be in the sun? No, it has nothing to do with the sun at all. There's no Q shield? There's no Q shield. <laughs> That was a really fun visual in my mind. <laughs> Just like really straining. <laughs> there is a civil war among the Q because some of the Q think we need fresh blood and some of the other Q think, no, we've been fine for millennia, we'll be okay. Um, so he goes to Voyager to ask Janeway specifically to be the mother of a new Q child. How, how does that How How does that Fork knows. So he, she assumes it's going to be biological and sex and stuff like that and she's like i'm not doing it also i'm not having the burden of starting a new species that's not going to be me so eventually um he picks up janeway takes her into the q continuum in the middle of a civil war that has been made to look like the american civil war um q gets shot with a q bullet um <laughs> are we still playing the game this is real this is real well, put your hands up give q me the gets, sign q okay, gets okay. shot with a q bullet and um a quillet and eventually, um, they agree. And uh, I mean, the Q they continuum agree, agree to, to make a new baby, but within the Q. So Q's old girlfriend turns up 
and decides, fine, I'll make a baby with you. And then and that's the best way to have a child, really, is the reluctant, like, fine, whatever, I'll fine. have a kid. I guess this will solve all of our problems is literally, like, the moral of this story, is that a baby will solve the problems that the species has. Um, and then they touch fingers and make a baby. So that's the episode. So I used it as a launching point, but made it super ridiculous. <laughs> the real one sounded more ridiculous. Are we recording? We are recording. You can now scat man all you like. Great. So we have to get this done in 40 minutes. I'm the scat man.